Welcome to the Wallet C Audio Matrix. In this podcast, Wallet C will talk about the ups and downs of having a small business, interviewing a lineup of guests from local businesses and small businesses in New York. So tag along and enjoy the show. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today we have Andre Powers here, what is the co founder of Stipend. And we're just going to chop it up talking about entrepreneurship, small business, and his background. So to get started, Andre, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm the founder of Stipend. Um, we are basically an alternative payment processing uh, system for uh, small businesses. Uh, and we eliminate credit card fees for uh, businesses and we're based in Bed-Stuy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've been uh, working on Stipend uh, for close to two years or maybe a little over two years uh, from you know starting with the idea to uh, building the app and then launching it to where we are now. Um, I live in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Uh, that's, of course, where the app is based and where the name comes from. And um, yeah, that's pretty much my story. <laughs> that's cool. So, you know, let's jump into it. Like, you know, right now it's, it's kind of hot. Everybody wants to build an app. It's like the cool thing now. So you said you've been doing it for like two years now? Yeah. Like, what was the impetus? Like, did you just wake up one day and was like, yeah, I just want to build stipend to avoid credit card, to eliminate credit card fees for small business? Like, what's the origin? Like. Uh, yeah, so before Stipend, uh, I was working at another uh, startup. Um, it was also focused on, uh, or it was uh, a fintech startup, um, but focused on the asset management industry. Cool. <clears throat> so a little bit different. Um, but that's basically where I learned sort of the, the startup game, um, how to launch a product, um, you know, best practices for, um, you know, getting something off the ground, Got it. all that stuff, you know, how to do it efficiently, what things to avoid and things like that. Um, so, um, and then what happened with Stipend is that I was basically, you know, living in Bed-Stuy and there's still a lot of businesses in the neighborhood that are cash only. And, um, that used to just drive me crazy, right. you know, having to suddenly find an ATM, you know, pay ATM fees, pay the bank fees for the ATM also. That's great, right, uh, right? Yeah. It was just like, um, a nightmare, you know? Uh, so I just kind of started talking to some of the, the business owners in the neighborhood, um, you know, why didn't they accept credit cards, what was keeping them from accepting credit cards, and uh, in a lot of cases, um, you know, it was the fees, and so I started to actually learn about, um, you know, how credit card fees work, um, and, you know, the burden that they can put on smaller businesses. Right. They can get hefty. Yeah, absolutely. Trust me what I tell you. As you know. <laughs> Um, you know, and, uh, you know, from being in the kind of, uh, fintech or financial services space, right. uh, I was, I was aware that there were other ways to process payments. Okay. Uh, and so I just kind of got the idea, maybe if I build a solution, you know, uh, for these businesses that, um, you know, doesn't have to take a percentage of, you know, all of their sales, uh, and can be more affordable for them, you know, maybe they'll use it. So I started, um, you know, talking to more businesses in the neighborhood. Um, you know, I put together a prototype of the app um, that could basically demonstrate, you know, how it would work, and started showing it to, you know, local businesses and saying, you know, hey, if if I build this, you know, would you use it? Um, you know, right. if it if it could save you this much money or you know do this, and uh, I found that there was a lot of interest. There was a lot of uh, you know demand for an alternative. Cool. Um, you know, some reservations, you know, it has to do this and this, it, it needs to, right. you know, it needs to work uh, in their, bi- in their, you know, business flow. Got it. Um, but, you know, overall, like people were interested in it. So, um, you know, I went ahead and, you know, got the app built and then we, um, we launched it. We finally rolled it out uh, in 
October, November of uh, 2017. Uh, we did kind of a soft launch. Uh, you know, we just started with, I think, two or three businesses of, of the total that we had sort of got uh, agreement to work with. We just started with a couple. Um, you know, we were live for a few weeks. Um, you know, we got to see that there was some things uh, that we were still missing that, right. you know, really were needed to, to make the app work really well for the businesses we wanted to work with. So, um, you know, we kind of, uh, you know, we kind of uh, pulled back a little bit for the holidays, basically. Uh, and then I would say came back probably in February, you know, as the sort of holidays were wrapping up, as, you know, things were starting to pick up again. And then hit, rolled it out. To yeah, the and then we rolled it out to more right. stores. Uh, and we had the new, um, you know, loyalty feature that basically replaces right. yeah. the punch card for uh, the customer. Because cool, you carry those little cards, they click the hole in it, you lose it, you forget it. Exactly. Yeah, so that, yeah. that makes a big difference. But let me jump back to a part. You said yeah. that um, you spoke to the businesses, you got the idea, they, they started telling you about the, the fees were a, a big hindrance for them because it's a purchase of each, um, it's a portion, a percentage of each purchase yeah. that goes to the credit card process. Mm -hmm. And depending on what type of card it is, the fees go up and down. Yeah. Unless you use like one of these newer ones where they just use a flat rate across the board. And then we all know debit cards are way cheaper when you process that, but a mm -hmm. lot of them still charge a higher fee. Yeah. So you mentioned you got that information and then you, you went back and you built a prototype. Mm -hmm. So do you have skills when it comes to knowledge, when it comes to coding and developing? Um, so yeah, I, um, you know, I studied computer science uh, as an undergraduate. Cool. Um, but I actually, I haven't really done any coding for production. Um, but it still helped to have kind of the background right, in right. working with the developers. Right. So you don't write code. Yeah, I don't write code. So now yeah. I'm really interested. So you yeah. mentioned you, you build the app and this would be probably like some cool, useful information mm -hmm. to, you know, all of our viewers out there. So if you don't have background in coding, how the heck did you build this prototype to right. put it out there? Um, yeah. So, um, you know, the way that you build a prototype and mm -hmm. this is like, uh, you know, I've, um, <clears throat> I've had the, the privilege of, of getting to advise a couple of other startups. Awesome. And, um, you know, this is basically the launch sequence that I tell everyone. Okay. So what you want to do before you write a single line of code, you know, potentially before you even start talking to any development agencies, uh, is just get a designer first okay. uh, and basically have them design all of the screens for your app. So that includes, um, you know, the layout, the UX, uh, the UI, um, you know, basically fully design how the screens are going to look in the app, Right. Uh, you know, using just design software. So that's going to be, you know, Adobe, Photoshop or whatever, or, mm -hmm. you know, increasingly people are using Sketch now. However they do it, you know, it's, it's not coding, it's just the images. Right. Um, you can then take those image files and, and uh, upload them into prototyping software like uh, Proto.io is what I use. Awesome. Uh, Envision app, uh, or it's just called Envision, um, is, is more popular, I think, but I have less familiarity with it. Mm -hmm. um, so you can load those images into that software and then, um, you know, those apps will allow you to basically animate those screens so that it looks like uh, an actual, you know, app on a right. device or a web page or whatever. Um, so you can then use that as a demo. And, and these, uh, these, these software, they have a little bit of a learning curve, but they're generally pretty easy to use. Right. Kind of like a PowerPoint almost. Exactly, like yeah. Click, point, link stuff together. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So if you've ever, you know, put together a PowerPoint presentation, um, you won't have a very hard time figuring out how to use these applications. You know, you just kind of, 
you know, you put buttons where you want them and then you, you know, create links between those buttons so that when, awesome. you know, the user taps this, it goes to this screen and when they tap back, it goes back to this screen and all the different animations. And, um, you know, in most cases, you'll be able to sort of uh, demonstrate, you know, 80 to 90% of the app's functionality using that software. Okay. So, you know, it really looks like, um, it almost looks like a functioning app. And then you can even load that onto a mobile device, load that demo onto a mobile device so that you can use it and, and click it. Exactly how it works. Yeah, and it actually looks like how the app is going to work and people can interact with it on a mobile device. Right, so I'm assuming, like, and this is a huge tip, like we need to have some stuff pop up on the screen, <laughs> yeah. have the website of the app that Andre's referring to because it's be a great tip and a great shortcut from yep. what you're saying in time saver. And I'm, I'm gonna assume a huge money saver because if you invest the time up front yourself, get the Proto.io app, you build everything out, you're basically doing the wireframes, you animate it, you can just go to a developer and be like, just build this. And they'll know exactly what every button has to do and that eliminates so much guesswork. Absolutely, and not only that, so uh, what I again tell to companies who, who ask me for advice is, um, you can get customers with the prototype, which right. is what I did. I went into these shops with the prototype, showed them how it was that's working. so smart. Like, and like got quickly. people, yeah, and that's where you want to be. You want to be in a place where, you know, people are waiting on your app. Right. So you don't launch something and then hope that people will use it. You get people to tell you that they want to use it and right. they will use it uh, before you even build anything. Right. Um, and of course, if I didn't mention, like obviously the, the designer uh, aspect of the app or you know designing the screens is mm -hmm. way cheaper than the coding. That's going to be the most expensive part of getting the app built, which is why you want to wait until you know as long as you can, basically. Got it. Um, so you can get customers with the prototype. You can get investors with the prototype. Right. Uh, you know, with a nice, slickly designed prototype, you know that will impress angel investors. You can go to them show them like, look, we already have it all worked out. Here's exactly. how it works. And you know, that, um, that will resonate for them to actually see something that looks polished, um, you know, that, that really demonstrates how uh, beautiful and compelling your app is going to be. Uh, that will actually you know, have right. a, a large effect on most angel investors being able to see it and use it. And you can raise money with a prototype. Because they can touch and feel, like they're touching and clicking on the exactly, screen. Exactly, right? yeah. They, and then when they, they don't know any better, they'll think it's the app. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then when you get them all excited about that prototype, you can just say, great, you know, now give us the money to go and actually build it. You know? and, and if you can also tell them like, hey, we have 20 customers waiting for us to build this as well, you know, just they'll write the a, check. Give me your money. Yeah, <laughs> just give us a check so we can go and, and deliver it. <laughs> That's to right. Let's deliver it and, and start getting users on it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And then, as you mentioned, the final thing is just, yeah, you want to use that prototype um, to be able to tell the developers, finally, exactly what you want. So right. you're minimizing sort of the back and forth uh, in terms of like, oh, you know, I wanted this animation to look a little different or I wanted this button to work a little differently. Uh, you should just be able to hand that to the developers, the entire prototype, again, 80 to 90% of the app's functionality exactly. so that there's no questions. They can just right. follow the prototype and code it. Um, That's and cool. then in the case of, well, so both uh, Proto.io and Envision app, they also have, um, they call it, uh, it's, they usually call it like a spectator or something like that, or spec, mm -hmm. where um, it basically generates the front end code for the screens automatically. That's cool. So when you load in the screen into the app, it generates like the XML code. Right. So that all the developers have to do is copy that, and then the screen is almost 
made. You know, so, then they just have to code the animations and stuff. So. Right. So it's doing some of the work for them. Yeah. And you've made it easier by just laying out to show what the whole f the the flow is, and they already have the UI. Yeah. Right. And so, like in our case, when we were. Um, you know, when we were speaking to developers, we would say, you know, we would let them give us a quote based on sort of uh, the spec of the app. And then we would say, oh, well, we also have this prototype that basically lays out everything we want to do. You know, it should speed things up. What's your quote now? Right. And we could usually get them to come down, That's you know. Smart. Yeah, smart, when they see smart. like, oh, you've laid it all out for us. You know, hopefully that will speed things up. So here's our number. Right. So yeah, prototype first. That is my totally good that advice. That is my there. number one. Uh, so make sure you have that pop up on the screen there. You know, Odonias and Espinosa. Prototype first. Prototype number one. first. Put in the work yourself before outsourcing it to someone else. Do everything you can yourself. Yeah, and and by the way, that goes for not just building the app. Anytime you're adding a new feature or feature set to the app, got it. Prototype first. <laughs> That's cool. So lately, I've been on this whole kick uh, with the team and just putting out the message about how entrepreneurship looks on social, like on IG and yeah. Facebook, and then how it is in real life. So you, you, you went to these potential clients, you got feedback, you sourced them, you knew exactly what they wanted, you knew how to scratch their itch, you built a prototype, mm -hmm. you went to your developer, you said, here it is, they gave you the quote, you gave it back to them, they built it. You had these few customers, you launched it with the few, and then you went and started marketing it. From the time you went live to where you are today, and let me jump back. Is, would you say this is your first or second or whatever number starting your own business 100%? Um, <clears throat> this is the first time. Okay. Um, you know, I was a co-founder of the previous startup as well. Yeah, I remember um, you mentioned that before. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was, I was there since the launch of the product, basically. Right. Um, you know, I helped them get it off the ground. I was, yeah, I was a member of the founding team, I'd say. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, I had a team, um, you know, and I started stipend um, with a, a group of guys as well. But it's, it, was, it's, it was sort of my idea, my baby. Right. And so, and I've taken on most of kind of the, the effort as well. Cool. So this is kind of my first time like doing it on my own. So right. Of. So you're straight going like 100% balls to the wall, like yeah. fully committed. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So from the time you've launched your live, you got a few um, businesses on it till present day if you had to put it on a scale of one to ten like one being oh entrepreneurship is so easy you know like we're gonna drive around and fly private jets and drink champagne and ten like it's real work and it's not glamorous you have to do a lot of things that you don't want to do but you have to do to get you where you want to be how would you rank your whole experience from then to now on that one to ten scale? Uh, on the lower end, so far away from the jets and the, <laughs> and the glamour. So you're probably like around the nine, nine and a half. Oh yeah, okay, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, ten is hard work and oh. one is like, yeah, it looks good. Take fancy pictures. I'm on the beach type thing. No, no, yeah, definitely like a nine or a ten. Right. What would you say? You know, being an entrepreneur, launching this app, um, it has been the most challenging thing. Um, I would say just the, the kind of uncertainty and the risk. Okay. Um, you know, if you don't sort of, if you don't have the ability to just raise a ton of funding to like right. give yourself two, you know, two and a half years of runway, mm -hmm. um, you know, the short time frames really put a lot of pressure on you. Right. And, um, you know, and if you don't know for sure how the next, you know, tranche of funding, where it's coming from. Right. Um, that just makes it really hard because Absolutely. like 
you know, especially if you already have people using your app, you know, and then you run out of money and then like, oh no, like they can't use the app. Like, we, yeah, we couldn't, pay, couldn't like, pay our AWS bill. Or, we just closed the door like, sorry. Yeah, you know, and right. then, you know, you can't really come back from that. Once right. people try to use the app and it doesn't work, right. you know, they're just going to assume that it's not a reliable app right. and probably uninstall it. So you say like the uncertainty is like the biggest thing for you. Yeah. Like every day you wake up and be like, you just never know what the next day is going to bring. Yeah. And sometimes it's entrepreneurs. You don't even know if there's going to be a next day. Exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's not just the uncertainty of the business, right. you know, that um, that's going to reflect upon your personal right. situation as well. You know, it's like what happens if, you know, this thing ends next month? What am I going to do? Right. <laughs> you know, how do I live? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and there's a lot of um, not to, to cast aspersions, but uh, I'll just call them like professional entrepreneurs, uh -huh. people who basically have like a lot of professional credentials, uh -huh. but just kind of like the idea of like being yeah. their own boss or starting their own thing, yep. um, who basically have the option to just go back into the workforce at any time they right. want. Um, but most entrepreneurs um, are taking on entrepreneurship because they don't necessarily have those other options. They're just... Right. Or they know that, like, you know, I'm actually not a good employee. You know, I, I wouldn't be successful working for someone else. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and, you know, that doesn't mean that they're not capable or competent, right? right. They, they can be very successful, you know, as entrepreneurs uh, because that's the type of work that fits them. Right. But they wouldn't be, you know, successful or even marketable, you know, in the right. professional world. Because we just wire different. Like, yeah. you could work for someone. But and you jump in at any time. This has been my experience. Like, if I had a job previously, I worked for someone, and I, I apply myself like 100%. I'm like really gung-ho. But there seems to be a short runway for me because once I start giving it and then I start hitting these barriers, they're like, oh, you can't do this or we can't try this new because this is how we're structured. But, and I'm always like, why? Why? And then I sooner or later reach this point of saturation where then I become bored. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, I feel like it's nothing else to do. But as an entrepreneur, we build this and then we're like, oh, we could add this or we could go into this or we add another service or product, which kind of leads me into you built Stipend. It's the payment processing for the merchant. But let's talk about this new piece mm -hmm. that you've added on that is, that is built specifically for a certain type of business. Uh, yeah, so we just launched uh, a new feature specifically for bars mm -hmm. uh, and some restaurants as well. Right. Um, where the customer can basically use our app to start a tab, track their tab from their phone, and then when they're ready to close out, they don't have to wait for the bartender or wait for a server uh, or go back up to the bar or whatever to close out and sign. Right. Uh, they can basically just pay from their phone, you know, as they're leaving. Right. Um, and even if they forget to pay from their phone, we automatically run their tab, you know, right. at the end of the day. So, um, you know, it basically, it saves the customer from having to wait or from potentially forgetting their credit card, like at a, at a bar. Right. Uh, and it keeps the, the staff of the, of the business from having to spend time running credit cards. Right. So what, like, I know we've talked about it before. What's the official name? Is it bar mode, tab mode? What's uh, like the, I, or unofficial name of it right now? Uh, I'm calling it tabs. Okay. Just so tabs. I don't want to say the wrong thing. So let's yeah. say tabs. Yeah. So, um, like in full disclosure, we use stipend at our businesses. We love it. Um, we're <laughs> like we're closely connected with Andre, and like we're 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 really excited about what you're doing and how it's going as a team and myself personally. So with tabs, so we convey the message right to our audience. 
I go into a bar and I don't have to give them my credit card and leave it behind the counter anymore. So when I have one too many and I forget and leave and my card is there and I'll go home and I'm like, shit, where's my card? Yeah. I can just go in, show, they start a tab on the stipend tablet mm -hmm. and then I take my phone, scan it, and then I can see the tab running in real time as they make the transactions. Exactly, yeah, you, right. uh, you basically scan a QR code uh, and that starts the tab. <clears throat> and then once the tab is open, there's really nothing you have to do. You just, uh, you know, if you wanted to order another round, uh, you would just order as you normally do. And right. you know, you give the bartender your last name, just as if you had given them your credit card. Uh, and they'll be able to just add to your tab from their device. So as they add it from their tablet or their device, I'm looking at it on my phone. I see, you know, another drink pops up, like another one beer, another rum and coke, or whatever. They keep popping up. Exactly. Yeah. So any every time that your tab is updated, um, whether it's adding another round or whatever, uh, you get a notification. Cool. And then when you open the app, you know, you'll see your up to date tab with you know by round and then the total. Right. And uh, that's actually been helpful because we had uh, one instance where uh, a bartender accidentally added to the wrong tab. Awesome. And the person got notified immediately and was like, oh, what's this? It's not my drink. And was able to go you know, inside immediately and sort of, you know. That's a game changer because if it was on a credit card, they would swipe it and you wouldn't know. Until the end of the night. And you probably wouldn't even know because you would just be like, damn, I spent $63 in drinks. And you're not going to look at it probably until, I don't know. All right. So like the next day you look at your statement or you look at your phone when you log into your account. And you're like, oh, what the fuck? I got $64. And truth be told, you still won't know because nobody keeps track of each drink was 14 or 12. So with tab mode, I get this itemized bill in real time. Yeah. You get notified right away like, right. hey, I'm standing over here. I definitely didn't buy a drink right now. So fuck, you, know, you that's go and totally fix it. That's totally awesome. Yeah. So what kind of response have you been getting from different you know, bars and merchants when you introduce it to them? Um, yeah, I think they, they like it um, because on their end, you know, it slows bartenders down to have to right. be running credit cards. Uh, dealing with forgotten credit cards is a, is a huge headache for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, you know, the fact that it not only makes them more efficient, but saves them potentially right. a ton of money. Awesome. Uh, has been really good. Um, you know, there's been, uh, you know, for all businesses, like once they have a certain flow that they're used to, a certain system, right. uh, you know, it can be a little intimidating to add something or switch something. Yeah, and we can only integrate so much with existing POSs because they're trying to protect, you know, their yeah. domain. Uh, but we've tried to build the system to basically work alongside almost anything pretty Got seamlessly it. and not slow anyone down. Cool. Um, and then on the customer side, like, you know, the reception has been huge, just awesome. like they love it for all the reasons we were talking about, you right. know, don't forget your credit card, you know, no, no, no erroneous charges, That's all that stuff. Yeah. So let's get a little technical. So you, the business is able to reduce or avoid their credit card fees by using stipend. So I'm assuming it's going to be a peer to peer transaction between the merchant and the individual. Yeah, so it's just uh, it's a simple bank transfer. Um, okay, so, cool. Yeah, when you sign up for Stipend as the customer, uh, you link a bank, whichever one you want to use, and then you just pay directly from that account. Straight ACH. Yeah, so it's like sending a Venmo payment or, or something like that, you know, to the business. There you go. Uh, rather than to like a peer. So um, yeah, so we just debit the customer and then transfer that, you know, that tab or that total to the business. Right. So a business doing, you know tens or thousands of dollars of transactions through credit cards, they sign up for stipend, they pay you whatever your monthly fee is to use mm -hmm. it, and then they're saving probably thousands, if depending on the size of the, their volume yep. of transactions, they could be saving 
hundreds of dollars a month up to thousands of dollars a month, depending how big and how many trans. And I can only imagine a bar, they're probably running a ton of credit card transaction, depending on the type of bar. Um, And this would just reduce their cost tremendously. That's like, that's a huge win for small business. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole idea is that, um, you know, we want to get away from this kind of percentage uh, percentage-based uh, fee model, right. essentially, because um, that can actually disrupt the profit margins, right? right? Depending on how the business has like set up their prices, uh, you know, to give up a percentage in between can like be disruptive. Totally. So, and as you're saying, if you're doing a lot of sales, like you can get into the thousands of dollars per month in fees. Right. Uh, and a lot of businesses don't even know how much they're paying. Because like it's this scale like, that is yeah. huge. Like I talked to one credit card processor because we have to switch with one of our POSs. And I was like, what, is, what are the fees? And she, I was talking from the perspective of, you know, Amex, Visa, MasterCard. She's like, no, there's this website you go to, I forget. And it lists like, there's a couple hundred and it's a wow. different percentage for like each thing. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, it's like a sliding scale. I was like, what? like how do I compute this at the end of the month mm-hmm. as a small business? You can't figure it out. It's crazy. Yeah, that's kind of the other issue with the credit card fee structure is that like, you know, a lot of times it's super complex. Right. And we just want to simplify it. You know, right. you know exactly what you're going to be paying every month. Right. Um, you know, it doesn't matter uh, how many sales you do or whatever. It's always going to be the same low flat fee, which, right. you know, in some cases can be dramatically cheaper, you know, thousands of dollars per month. Right. Um, so that you have more to invest in that business. Right? right. You can hire someone else. You can, you know, renovate if you want to. Uh, put that money into the community, uh, you know, that's kind of our mission, basically. Right, that's cool. So, like, stipend frees up that in, that additional revenue for a small business, like you said, to reinvest it, to grow, to expand, to give better services. Um, I'd say the one thing that gets me with this credit card thing, you go into some places and you know that they're passing the credit card fee directly to yeah, the consumer. absolutely. And I get it, like, you have to adjust prices with, for inflation and, and costs and expenses. But the gas station is the classic one. There's always two sets of prices, cash and debit card price and a credit card price. Yeah. I'm like, guys, really? Like, I get it, but like, is there a better way we can do it? Like, you, you might need to get stipend in front of gas stations. So <laughs> they can like reduce that, because that annoys me every time I go to use my card. And then you don't want to walk all the way inside and give them cash, so like, you, you're screwed. It, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and we're definitely seeing more uh, solutions and products come out now that basically just pass on those credit card fees to the, the consumer. Right, they're just burying it in and they pass it. Yeah, and so one thing we hear a lot from the customer side is like, oh, well, if I use stipend, you know, I'm not going to get my, my travel points or whatever. Yeah. Um, but increasingly, like, you're not getting travel points anymore. You're just going to be paying for those points because right. the businesses are just passing those costs. Right. You know, so the, you. really, you, you're getting the points, but you're paying interest. And I'm, I don't, I have no clue what the stats are. Yeah. But I'm sure that the average American that has a credit card is not paying off that balance in full before the interest rate hits. I don't think there's, ver- I don't think there's many people who are doing that at all. So you get the points, but you're paying for the points through the interest routinely. So are, is it really something free? Like, yeah, I mean, the, the banks would not be offering all of these rewards unless there was some profit in it. Right. For them. They're not <laughs> yeah. in the game to lose money. Yeah, they're they, not they there to just to give money. you stuff. Right. So, uh, yeah, it means on balance, you know, they're probably getting more from most customers than they're giving out in right. those rewards points. I get it. Totally. Yeah. So earlier I asked you, you know, from, from the inception of starting stipend to where you are now, what your biggest challenges? And... I've you know, been putting out some content and some messages and it's kind of been like 
the negative side of being an entrepreneur and we don't want people to think it's all negative yeah we just want people to understand how real it is and what goes into it versus what you see online with people in fancy cars or they got money laid out on the bed like it ain't <laughs> like that like maybe i got nickels and dimes laid on my bed i, I don't know about yours maybe you got yeah. quarters but i got nickels and dimes I, i've just got like marketing material not even money it's just like you know like That's signage awesome. and stuff right. like that <laughs> right but what would you say is the most rewarding thing for you about being an entrepreneur uh, yeah, it's definitely just being able to have an idea mm -hmm. and then execute on it, awesome. um, you know, with no one above you to make a decision about whether that idea will move forward or not. Right. Like when I have an idea about something, I just do it. Right. You know, um, and that starts from the app itself to different features of the app to how we promote the app. You know, when I have an idea to do something, like, just do I just do it. Right, and, and that goes back to earlier. If you had a job, you couldn't do that. You yeah. have to go to, like, your manager or VP or somebody and get clearance. Yeah, and, you know, more, more likely than not, they're just going to say no, especially if it's a different way of doing things because right. businesses are sort of oriented to just, like, do things the way they've been doing them. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, as, as a profile, entrepreneurs are just kind of somewhat creative people. Absolutely. You know, we we value our ideas and we value being able to to um, realize those ideas. Right. So that's the number one thing that's most rewarding is just like um, getting to use my creativity to solve problems mm -hmm. and then launch those ideas. And sometimes they work out great, which is really exciting. More times they don't work out great just because, you know, it's hard. Um, but yeah, that, that sort of freedom, I think that's the real freedom that is valuable in being an entrepreneur. That's cool. That's cool. So tell us a little bit about what's, what's the future look like for Stipend? Um, yeah, we're going to continue to expand. Uh, you know, we're signing up at least a few businesses every month. Um, you know, the, the, the launch of the tabs feature has gone really well with, awesome. with the bar that we've piloted. So we're expanding that. Uh, we hope to be in more bars pretty soon. Um, and just kind of continue to grow organically. Um, you know, we're, we're looking to raise funding and we're working on that and that will allow us to kind of multiply our efforts. But um, in the end, it's about groundwork. Mm -hmm. It's about just getting out there, talking to local businesses, meeting people, um, you know, talking to the community and consumers and uh, just kind of spreading the word about the app. And uh, I know eventually this thing will sort of hit uh, a viral point where, Absolutely. you know, people are just talking about it. They're going into businesses and saying, hey, I'd love to use Stipend here. Why don't you guys take Stipend? And the business is like, what is that? And then they calling you and yeah. like, I need Stipend. Yeah, they're right. calling me. They're like, oh, my customer was asking me about this and it's going to save me a bunch of money too. Right. Like, yeah, can, can you come over? Cool. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the future and just like got to continue pushing it. Okay, awesome. If somebody wanted to get more information about Stipend, what would be the best way for them to reach you or to, to find out about the app or the product? Uh, yeah, you can go to our website, stipend.com, or, uh, you know, if you're interested, you can just download the app. Mm -hmm. um, everyone who signs up for the app gets an email from me, so that's the easiest way to get my contact information. Awesome. Just download the app and Personal sign up. contact. Yeah, yeah you you'll go. get an email directly from me, and you can reply to it and tell me how much you hate the app or how much you love it or, you know, how it, it saved you from, like, getting a, a, a bar tab that you didn't actually have or whatever. Exactly. Cool. <laughs> So, you know, as we wrap it up, when we close out, we, we like to just leave all of our viewers like one piece of advice. So what piece of advice would you give to our future entrepreneurs out there or our current entrepreneurs who are, you know, in the weeds or about to start and they're, they're just in it? What, was that, what would be that piece of advice you would give them? Um, 
Yeah, not to sound negative, as you kind of have said, <laughs> happen, which I think just comes from like this being such a difficult thing. It's so right. much work, so much uncertainty and risk involved, you know, that that can kind of turn you negative, even when you're really excited about doing it. Right. But I would say to, you know, people thinking of like starting their own business or going out on their own, um, you know, if you're really just kind of evaluate the reasons that you're doing it, mm -hmm. you know, if you have this idea that like, oh, it'll be fun because I'll be my own boss or it'll be a great experience, right. um, you know, it's not the best way to have an experience. You yeah. know, like you're gonna spend a bunch of your money, a bunch of your savings, and if your only goal is to like have an experience, like you'd be better off spending those tens of thousands of dollars of maybe like traveling the world for a year right. or something like that. Or go work with someone else who's in a startup and just be close yeah. to them and get the experience, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you, you only wanna kinda go into it if like you really feel passionate about an idea um, and you really feel that it's something that's missing from the world or from the market, not just something that like you've seen other people do and you think would be fun to do as well, or right. like you think that your thing is just kind of like better than others. Um, you know, you should really make sure like, you know, this is something that people need and are going to want and I want to do it because I'm really passionate about delivering it to them. Awesome. Not just because I like the idea of like saying I'm my own boss and like getting the experience. So. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's. Andre, I appreciate you spending time with us today. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and share it if this content brought any value to you. Appreciate it. Have an awesome day.